Well, today is a very special day. In just a few minutes, these four young adults seated here in the front row will make their public confession of faith in Jesus Christ before the body of Christ, the church. And I asked them this once already this morning, but I'm going to ask them again. Are you guys just a little bit nervous? It's okay. You've got a whole group of people here that are cheering you on. And so I just, my prayer is that you guys can just simply enjoy this day. Now I have to tell you, decades ago, about five decades ago almost, I did what these four young adults are doing today. My confirmation class consisted of four boys, and all of us, including the pastor, were left-handed. And that in itself should have been an ominous sign. You see, our training, our learning the doctrine of our faith was every Sunday, Saturday morning for months and months. I missed many of my Saturday morning baseball practices to be confirmed. And back then, coaches understood. But my confirmation class was unique in, in kind of a, another way. We had an honor. And the honor we had was of being the worst class my pastor ever had. And I am not exaggerating. We rarely completed all of our homework. We were rambunctious. We didn't pay attention. Not all four of us took confirmation seriously. We drove our gen gentle pastor to the brink. He got angry with us and raised his voice to us on a few occasions as his frustration started to, to spill over. In a word, we were horrible. And I have to tell you, there, there are some similarities with my horrible class and the four of you being confirmed today. <laughs> For one... For one, there were four in my class, and there are four being confirmed today. We actually had six in our class of 2020, but two of them will be confirming at a later date. And then second, like my, my class, one of the pastors was left-handed, and that would be me. And, and that's where the similarities end. Today's class, and every single class that I've been able to, to lead in confirmation have been wonderful. And as I say that, I'm sure there are a few parents and grandparents and family members that are taking a little bit of a sigh of relief right now. But there are other differences between my old class and today's group. In the olden days, we were quizzed on the catechism. We were quizzed in front of the entire congregation. You got questions. You didn't know exactly which question was going to be asked. And I have to tell you, it was intense and it was a bit scary. And that won't happen today. And when I told them that the other day, there was a sigh of relief from our confirmands. Instead, these four confirmands will share their testimonies of, of their faith. And I can tell you that these four young adults that had in the front row here, have already accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They know that our good deeds are not what make us right with God. It's our faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. And today is simply the day that we get to hear their faith. We get to hear them speak from their own words about their faith in Christ. And their testimonies are actually probably going to reflect the words that we shared during our call to worship with Pastor David just a few minutes ago. 
Let's hear those words again from the Apostle Paul from Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Paul wrote this. He said, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and, one, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Very simply put, Paul was saying, if we confess, that Jesus, we confess that Jesus is our Lord, he is our Savior, he died for us on the cross, his death provides the forgiveness of sins that every single one of us desperately needs. Jesus once asked his disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, Peter confessed, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter was called the rock. He was a leader in the early church, but Jesus wasn't necessarily saying that the church would be built on Peter the man. Actually, the church would be built on the rock that was Peter's confession of faith. Jesus is Lord. He's God. He is our Savior. He is the only one that can make us right with our Heavenly Father. Our verbal confession of that, of that truth, is necessary for our salvation. And Paul says we believe in our heart. And what he's saying there is we believe in the deepest part of our being that God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection. And for those that attend this church, I've, they've, they've heard these words coming next because I've often paraphrased the words of Pastor Kyle Eidelman. And he said something like this. He said, if a man predicts his death and resurrection and then does it, you ought to believe what he says. Jesus came to earth to fulfill his mission of dying for our sins. He provided an atoning sacrifice. And that means he took our place. He bore our sins up on the cross. The punishment for sin is death. It's both physical death and spiritual death. And that's why Jesus died in our place. Even though we die physically because of Jesus, we are alive spiritually and we will receive new resurrection bodies in heaven that don't wear out or get sick now if you think about it if jesus death if his dying on the cross if that was the end of the story we wouldn't be here today if jesus simply died on the cross if his bones had become dust in some cave in the middle of the middle in the middle east there would be no reason for any person to confess him as Lord. But Jesus didn't stay dead. There was no body. There are no bones that were left in the tomb. Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrected Christ was seen by over 500 people. He changed the world. And some just can't believe it. 
They can't believe that Jesus is one with God. They can't believe that God raised him from the dead. And our hearts should break for them. They're lost. They're dead in their sin. But we always see, say here at Bethesda that as long as they have breath, there is hope. And so we share the gospel. And God changes hearts. There are no lost causes with God. The Apostle Paul, he was a great example of that. Paul wanted to rid the world of Christians. Back then he was called Saul. If, if there was ever a lost cause, he fit the bill. And then Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Paul would confess Jesus and his life was forever changed. And so when you and I confess Jesus is Lord and Savior and believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we're saved. And our nationality doesn't matter. Our family history doesn't matter. What we've done in the past, how bad a person we might have been, that doesn't matter. Our skin color doesn't matter. But what matters is our belief and our confession. And when we trust in the Lord... We're adopted into God's family. His kingdom becomes our kingdom. Heaven is our home. We're not alone any day of our life because Jesus is with us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside us. We're saved by faith in Christ. It's not from being a good person. It isn't from attending church on every Sunday morning. We aren't saved because our parents or our grandparents were pillars of the church. We're saved by Jesus. We're saved to new life in Christ. Paul wrote, he said, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that is the good news of our faith. And I know many of you sitting there this morning, you've heard these same words more times than you can possibly ever remember. And yet they never get old. They never get old. We all have great memories of our life. It could be some personal triumph that we achieved. Or it could be the day we got married or when a child was born. Or maybe when our team won the Super Bowl, the World Series, or the Stanley Cup. And every time we share or we hear about those wonderful memories, they bring us joy. These stories never get old. See, remembering is very good. And the absolute best memory that any of us can have is what Jesus did to, for us. Nothing, nothing else compares. The gospel in all its simplicity and all its truth and all its magnificence is to be shared again and again because there is no greater joy and so this morning, we're going to celebrate our confirmants confessing their faith. Today is an exciting day. Today can be a new beginning. These four are going to take ownership of their faith. But sadly, for some, it can be the beginning of the end. You know, if I, I think back again to my terrible confirmation class, I don't recall seeing any of my three classmates in church again. 
They were there for Confirmation Sunday, and that was it. And sadly, very sadly, the same has happened at Bethesda. Some get confirmed, and then they just disappear from church. And that breaks my heart, and that should break all of our hearts. Confirmation becomes an end, an end to their church life. Like we said, though, going to church doesn't save a person. But yet, church attendance is critically important. The church is where you and I are fed, we're encouraged, and we're challenged to, to grow in our faith. The church is where we come together and we enjoy fellowship with other Christians. The church equips all of us to take the gospel to the world, or at least to our neighbor, our friend, our family, or our coworker. See, I see today as a, a new beginning for our confirmands. But it can be a new beginning or a recommitment for all of us. And so I want to close with three challenges to help us, guide us into that new beginning. The first is this. Love God, love people. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then he continued, he said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then number two, never, never be ashamed of your faith in Christ. Paul wrote this, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And then third, know the reason for the hope that you have in your heart. Peter wrote this, he said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Any person that asks us why we have joy in our heart, why we have hope, we should be able to give them the reason why we have that hope. And so it's an exciting day. We can all decide to follow Jesus. We can re recommit to living for Christ. Amen.